Lorita Mallon. Here. Richard Harvey Jr. Here. Yeah. Richard Harvey Jr. Here. 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 Richard Harvey Jr. Here.
The motion passed. Thank you, Brenda. Um, Loretta, I had made a suggestion also to Kayla that perhaps we move our two action items up in the agenda um, okay. just to get them uh, rolling since we had a late start. And so essentially we would do sure. letter E, then F, and then we'd go back to um, okay. D and C. Does that okay. work okay? That's fine. That works great. Okay, action E is recommendations. Um, to the age of Board of Trustees for greater CAB involvement and communication. George, um, I can take that. Uh, Brenda, sure. do you mind moving it to I am perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so this uh, staff and uh, I guess collaboration with the chair and vice chair brainstormed some ideas to increase the communication and transparency between the co-applicant board and the Board of Trustees. Um, this I think it's been an ongoing process since you know the, the birth of CAB, but I think in light of the meeting that we had last month, where you know you, you all did a, a great job, you know, presenting to the board of trustees on the various needs and goals of the health center, um, what we thought might be, what we heard from you is that there would be an interest in increasing those uh, the frequency of those presentations and the communication between the two boards. And I think um, I'll present on this later, but given the joint governance of the two boards, that having that line of communication is really important to, you know, accomplish the goals that we set out for the CAB and communicate the needs of the health center to the board of trustees as they form, you know, um, for example, the budget and various policies that would impact, would impact the health center. So we propose three here. They're very broad and these can be amended in the future. Um, and they're broad for the purpose that, you know, a lot of things can fit into here if CAP mm -hmm. members have different suggestions, which I, I open the floor to those, you know, who have different ideas in this or ideas that might be consistent with this. Um, but the first would be just the board's meeting with greater frequency. And we're leaving, we're not specifying a number here because I think that really is up to you. Do you want to do, you know, quarterly, um, biannually? Whatever you want is something that we as staff members can help communicate to the staff of the Board of Trustees and work on, you know, establishing these greater lines of communication and transparency. The second would be proposing to the Board of Trustees to adopt the minutes from our regular meetings at their meetings. Um, you might have noticed that the Board of Trustees meetings that they do that for East Bay Medical Group, which is the physician group um, that many physicians belong to at AHS. So what that allows the Board of Trustees to do is, you know, be more informed in the actions that you all are taking as a board, the materials that you review as a board. So they'll just have a little, they'll have information more readily accessible than what I think is available to them now because they'll be seeing what you're doing and, and being informed of the CAB um, and the health center. And the last one is that the, this would be a joint effort by the CAB and the Board of Trustees uh, to advocate for consumer participation on the Board of Trustees. Currently, the Board of Trustees are appointed by the Board of Supervisors of Alameda County, and um, they don't have the same requirements that the CAB does for having uh, consumer membership, because the CAB has a requirement that at least 51% um, be consumers, so that's AHS patients now or would be patients of AHS in the future. That's something that we think is important for a board to have and um, something that the boards could 
advocate to the Board of Supervisors uh, for together. So those are just our general um, proposals. Again, open to any CAB member feedback. Um, if this is something that you're interested in doing, um, as staff members, we can help you know facilitate these conversations between the Board of Trustees um, Recommendations 
um, to AHS Board of Trustees and uh, for greater CAB involvement and communication. I second it. Thank you. Linda? I will call your name for the vote. Please say yes or no. Loretta Mellon? Yes. Richard Harvey Jr.? Yes. Lucia Angel? Yes. Mark Smith? Yes. Ali Yesing? Yes. The motion passed. Okay, thank you. Brenda, can you scroll back to the other page, please? Perfect. Okay, the other um, action item is action is item F, which is um, a discussion about um, either nominating or I don't know if any of you shared your interest to go to the um, homeless conference that's coming up. I know. Um, I, I, was there more um, interest in that than last time, Heather? Thanks so much, Loretta. So in this item, um, we are going to nominate and approve uh, a member or members to go to the conference. We are in a tight time frame and that we need to register for the conference this week. Um, we have had some interest shown by at least one cab member. So you can self-nominate or you can have someone nominate you. Um, I would suggest since you guys expressed interest to us that a self-nomination lets us know that you're available to go as well. Okay. Um, so if you're interested in attending, um, you, I would encourage you to self-nominate and then we could have a vote to approve that attendance. The conference, um, this is the first time the conference has been in person in a couple yeah. of years. We had a plan to go a while back and it got canceled because of COVID. And so we're excited that it's in person again and it's in Seattle, Washington. We did provide a link and a little bit of information. Um, depending on how many cab members go, that would also influence how many staff will go. We also have a staff person right now who is intending on participating. Um, and there are several people from the Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless Program, um, our county partners who are attending. They have quite a large delegate headed over. And, and anybody who goes from our cab is, is essentially part of that large delegate as well because we're all from the same um, master grant. So you would get to meet up with them and spend time with them and go to the sessions together. Sure. That's great. Well, I'd like to nominate myself. I'm very much interested in going to that. Thank you so much, Loretta. Thank you. We do have enough funds to send more than one CAB member, so I don't want anybody mm -hmm. to feel discouraged um, or think that there's only one slot. So if anybody else is interested in going, the dates are there. Uh, it's in May, the 10th through the 13th. If there was space, I think I would also be interested. Excuse my tantrum child in the background. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Lucia. Anyone else? 
Um, I normally, this is Mark, I would normally be interested in going, but because of health reasons, unfortunately, I, at this current time, I would have to decline at this point in time. Thank you, Mark. Like once, going twice, going three times, sold. Okay, um, just kidding. Of course, we're going to do the process. Kayla leads us through this very well. We've had two nominations, um, and yes, we have we have funding so that we would be able to send both of you. Um, so we can take a vote to approve those nominated to go, and then I'm going to provide some instructions that you will both need to talk to Brenda tomorrow so that we can um, get the registration started because we do need to arrange for some travel as well as hotel and registration. Okay. So um, we can have a motion to approve both both nominations. We can do that jointly um, if you'd like, Madam Chair. Okay. Um, I move, I want to make a motion to approve the um, two people who were nominated to go to the homeless conference. In May. A second. Okay. Brenda, Brenda. Brenda. Klein roll. Thank you. I will call your name for the vote. Please state yes or no. Loretta Mellon? Yes. Richard Harvey Jr. Yes. Lucia Angel? Yes. Mark Smith? Yes. Ali Yassin? Yes. The motion passed. Thank you. Um, I do have one bit of information. I'm so sorry. I forgot that Brenda has to have some days off this week. So I'm going to have um, Loretta and Lucia work with Cameron. I'll have him call you and we'll get that okay. all arranged, okay? You guys tell me yeah. when time is good, and and I'll have them call I, you. I have a I have a class at three thirty, um, an online class. So anytime, you know, before that is great. Okay, super. I don't know about you, Lucia. Tomorrow, anytime before two is good for me. Super. All right, got it. Thanks, y'all. Okay. So we have our action items um, taken care of. Now uh, we can go to uh, what are we down to D, I believe, correct? Uh, C. Or uh, C, I'm sorry. Uh, board development bylaws, right? And Kayla, that's yeah, your. Yeah, will. Thank you. I will. I will take that. Um, Brenda, would you mind scrolling to the? Okay, perfect. So um, this presentation won't be too long. I just thought, um, you know, considering. The, the action you just took, you know, to increase involvement with the Board of Trustees, that would be helpful in this meeting to discuss the bylaws, which reflect the co-applicant agreement, which a lot of agreements and by, I know, rules and regulations, but what it really is, is the structure of the joint governance between the two boards and the two boards' responsibilities in respect to oversight of the health center. And so I thought it would be helpful to, to generally list out, you know, what 
the CAPS authorities are and responsibilities and maybe give some examples of how you've already exercised those or how you can exercise those and uh, the Board of Trustees different authorities and the, the joint authorities you shared together. Um, so Brenda, if you wouldn't mind moving on to the next slide, please. Um, I guess that's kind of what I said, but generally, <laughs> yeah, so it outlines the, the board responsibilities and also incorporates the HRSA requirements, which Heather does a great job every meeting, you know, keeping us informed and on task with what those HRSA requirements are. So a, a lot of the actions you've taken are actually consistent with that. Um, so Heather, shout out to you for doing that. Um, Brenda, would you mind going to the next slide for me, please? Thank you. So in the bylaws, this, this is a, a brief, like it's abbreviated, but this is how um, your authorities are listed. So I think a big one, which is really a vehicle for how all of these other authorities are accomplished is the first one, which is what you're doing right now and it's holding monthly meetings. In these meetings, you, you accomplish a lot of things that are on here, like monitoring the performance of the health center. You do that by getting the reports from Heather, the reports from Damon. You also, um, I believe on a quarterly basis, or at least annually, get reports um, in regard to you know quality of care that patients are receiving, patient grievances, um, various things like that. So just in these meetings alone, you're performing one of your functions as a board based on the bylaws and the applicant board, and that is just oversight and you know, taking the information that staff provides you and based on that information, you accomplish some of the other things here, which might be approving applications, which I don't I don't think we've done that while I've been here, but I think that might have been done when Alex was here um, in regard to certain services that were provided. Appointment of a medical director, that is an action that you took before I joined, but part of that, something that you did just very recently, was uh, do the evaluation of Dr. Francis. Um, so that's another thing that you've done. Um, and then approve the budget by the Board of Trustees and HS. I'm going to put an asterisk there because I want to talk about that in a little bit more depth on the following slide. Um, but the next item, item five, so approve health center sites, hours of operation. That's something that I believe you all did um, at the very start of the cab. So an action that you've already taken and something that you can do in the future. And monitor financial status, also going to add an asterisk. I also think that's something important that I want to pull out. I'm going to talk about that further on another slide. Um, strategic planning, something that just happened in September and something that you just presented to the Board of Trustees. Um, it's a HRSA requirement, but it also impacts, you know, how the CAB might make budget decisions, how the CAB might make policy decisions. It, sets up the goals that you have for the CAB, you know, based on all the information that you've been provided. Um, so that's also a, a big authority that you've already exercised just very recently. Um, and monitoring the performance of the health center, that ties to the financial status, and we'll talk about that on the next slide. And then the very broad ensuring compliance with federal, state, and local laws, that's where, again, Heather kind of comes in with the HRSA requirements. We try to, you know, make the boards compliant with the Brown Act. Um, and then AHS also helps with that with like licensing and different uh, general operational things for the facility, making sure all the providers are credentialed and privileged, um, a whole slew of things. Um, but those, those are them generally. We can talk about them a little bit more in depth. And of course, I, I didn't say this already, but if you have any questions, please feel free to interrupt me because it's a lot of text I understand like on these slides. So it can be hard to you know hold it till the end. So please feel free to interrupt me at any 
moving to the next slide, please. Great, thank you. So something that I think is really big that ties, you know, to what we just, what you just approved, which is increasing communication, is the board trustees' authority to, so they established the budget with AHS and the co-applicant board. You did this just a uh, few months ago, actually. You okay. approved that budget. But I think in the process of developing that budget, there's a lot of opportunity for the CABs to provide basically the information that you get at every meeting from Heather, from Damon, mm -hmm. from individuals that we invite to speak here, from different presentations you get from risk and patient safety, to give that information in combination with the knowledge that you all already have, you know, based on community needs and, you know, assist the Board of Trustees in, you know, identifying how the budget could be used in a way that makes the most sense for um, the health center and the health center needs and the goals that you've established as a co-applicant board. So there's a real piece here, I think, for collaboration. And, you know, I think the CAB is the most knowledgeable on the needs of the health center just because you hold these monthly meetings and you get all that information. So I think this is a really big authority that you two share, the two boards share, and an opportunity for advocacy, which you already do in many ways. And, you know, again, as you approved today is something that you're planning on doing moving forward. Um, but just greater involvement in the two boards in, in budget um, development and also approval. And then Brenda, would you mind going to the next slide for me, please? Thanks so much. So this is, it, it's kind of everything I've said. So a lot of it really is oversight and it really is accomplished through these meetings, but this also goes to, you know, developing the budget. but. Another role of the CAB is reviewing the results of the annual audit, which is done by AHS, and taking actions based on that audit. So that's, you know, developing goals, ensuring quality of care for patients, and also reviewing that data, um, patient satisfaction, including patient grievances. Um, I think we just did that a couple months ago. So a lot of this, again, is things that you're already doing. I guess really what I'm saying is, like, you're doing exactly what the bylaws want you to do, and um, just, I guess, highlighting ways that we can continue to, or the CAB can continue to, you know, fulfill its bylaw obligations and just highlighting the different authorities that um, you all have. So, again, like the information that you get during these meetings is so crucial to fulfilling the bylaws. Um, I just wanted to highlight these things for you because I think that. These are areas where the CAP really can advocate, I think, for the needs of the health center, just, again, based on your access to information that you get at these meetings. And then, Brenda, next slide, please. Okay, so health center policies. The bylaw, there are different rules on whether the CAB can either create a policy or they ratify a policy, meaning that they approve a policy already created by the Board of Trustees or AHS. Um, so for financial management, um, the CAB actually has authority to make um, some of these policies. And I think some of those were done, I think it probably would fall under financial management, I believe. Before I came on, something I was so super proud of is the sliding scale policy. That would be something that the CAB already has exercise authority for and has authorities for. Um, and then for personnel policies, I'm jumping down there because you just did that with um, Dr. Francis by um, establishing the process for reviewing, you know, his annual performance. 
exercise that authority. Um, eligibility for services, quality of care audit procedures, either you have power to adopt existing policies or establish them. Um, I can answer more questions about that if you had other specifics, but pretty broad power in terms of policy as it pertains to the health center. So I just wanted to highlight that for you as another way um, that the CAP has a different authorities. And then, Brandon, can go to the next slide, please? Kind of already highlighted some of these, so I guess I'll go more into the specifics. So, Board of Trustees has authority to set fiscal and personnel matter policies. So, with personnel matters, that would be like general HR policies of um, blanking on the top of my head, but I guess like responsibilities of employees, um, different rules that they have. It would be anything dealing with unions or, um, I guess, I'm sorry, I'm like completely blanking, but just in general personnel matters, that's Board of Trustees, AHS would handle that with the exception of the medical director position, which the CAB has authority over appointing, terminating, reviewing that position. So that's where they, they maintain um, power over personnel matters. Um, and then fiscal matters, that's, we kind of discussed those a bit. So generally, um, the Board of Trustees will establish the budget, but there are areas where um, the CAB has authority, like specific to the HRSA grant. Um, so there's a, a bit of shared authority there. Operational responsibilities, that's like maintaining licenses for the facility. Like I mentioned, it's credentialing privileging of um, providers. It's ensuring accreditation. Um, general structural, you know, making sure the lights are on in the facility, all of those things that the HS authority, um, the CAB isn't overseeing that. And the annual audit, which I mentioned, that's done by AHS, but the CAB reviews it and can act on it, you know, in a, in combination with the information that they receive, you know, on a, on a monthly basis about the CAB's needs in line with their goals and the strategic planning. And then next slide, please. So CAB composition, this is, I'm not going to go too, too in-depth because I think this is actually another topic for tonight because for tonight, we're going to talk about recruitment. And we've talked about this, I know, like very recently. So we need to have at least nine members, which we currently have, but can have up until up to 25. 51% of those are consumer members. So that, again, is an AHS patient or someone that might be an AHS patient in the future. And the remaining are community members that have, you know, experience in maybe finance or different areas that might be, you know, the board might want to have uh, just to help assist in their oversight responsibilities. And then there's the ex officio member, which is the health center director or Dr. Francis. That member isn't a voting member, um, so they don't add to the quorum or anything like that, but they're, they're ex officio. I mean, I guess I just defined that and I'll set it again. <laughs> Um, and then another requirement is that a board member can't be employed or be a family member of an AHS or Alameda County or subcontracting agency of the health center. That's something that we would go through when we get applications or nominations just to make sure that they meet the qualifications. But I, again, won't go too into that because I think that's on the agenda for tonight. Um, and the next slide, please. And then, yeah, so this is a hot topic. We're recruiting members. So we'll talk about this a little further, but that could be by nomination or application. The term is for four years, but you can serve an unlimited number of terms. So it just uh, every four years, you either 
self-nominate are nominated um, if you want to continue serving. But it's four-year terms. And we also have a requirement that when we know vacancy is coming up, so say your four years are coming up, that we post that in advance. And we do that so the public is aware that there is going to be a vacancy and they have an opportunity to apply for that. Um, and when individuals apply, we make sure that they meet all the requirements and the board has an opportunity to vote on those members to fill the vacancy. And then next slide, please. So I'm not going to go into all the other things in the bylaws, which really are about the Brown Act and the requirement for holding monthly meetings and how to set the agenda, making motions and all that, because I think it, it probably fits a little bit better with talking about the Brown Act and um, you know the, the various ways that we can, the Roberts rules and the things that we, you know, the legal things that we have to follow. I'll save them for next week just because I think that might be a lot with what I just gave you because what I just gave you is pretty dense and I think you have a rich history of, you know, doing a lot of those um, or, or exercising a lot of those authorities. So just know that coming up, we'll talk about that. And I think that there'll be more examples where we can, like, practice, you know, doing brown things, making motions. But I think you all are doing a great job, especially today, like all the – all the motions have been perfect, so kudos in advance for that. But that's really all I have on this. That was a lot, so please let me know any questions, anything you want me to clarify. Um, I'm, I'm here, and then I also want to emphasize that if, if you have questions about the bylaws in the future, um, please think of me as being a reference for that. Um, feel free to reach out. I can answer any specific questions that you might have. Um, hi, this is Mark. I have a question, if I may pose one. Yes, sure. Yes. Um, in terms of recruit, recruiting um, new members, I was wondering whether or not uh, it's it's in our power to basically um, uh, maybe ex express a preference uh, for somebody uh, that has a particular background to be uh, appointed uh, as a member. For instance, uh, appointing, uh, uh, even though Damon is, is a medical doctor, he is not a voting member, but uh, let's just suppose that um, uh, I suggested that uh, a future member could be or should be uh, possibly a retired physician or a, uh, or a retired uh, social worker who's uh, worked in, uh, who specializes um, uh, in having dealt with homeless uh, home, homeless uh, clients in the past? Yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely look for preferences um, that you think, it, it kind of goes to, I guess, the community members where they have skills that might be um, something that you think would be valuable to the CAB. And then I like that you highlighted retired, so that means they're not currently employed with AHS okay. or Alameda County, so that would be something. So, yeah, I think if they were retired, that that could be a preference that you express. Um, and then you could also, you know, if you have acquaintances or individuals that you know that might be a good fit based on the things that you think the CAB would benefit from, you can definitely nominate those individuals or, you know, um, offer applications to those individuals. Um, you could do a lot, you know, advocating for people to join the board. Um, but of course, like that wouldn't mean they automatically get on the board. You know, the board would have to vote on that individual um, to fill either a vacancy or an additional spot we want to, where the cap wants to add. Did that help answer your question? 
yes. Anything else? I think so. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else, um, again, please think of me as a reference and feel free to reach out if you have any questions about the bylaws. And I know we didn't talk about it yet, but once we talk about it, Brown Act, I am a resource. So please reach out. Thank you all. Thank you, Kayla. Okay, um, recruitment of new members. So we talked a little bit about this last month, and um, Heather uh, put together uh, a link for us to see the application and um, some suggestions as to what, um, like we could really use somebody that was um, familiar with business, fiscal matters, and things like that. Um, and so, Heather, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that or what, how you want us to proceed with uh, passing these applications out to people. So I think in light of um, Mark's comments, thank you so much, Mark. It sounds like you have a couple of people who you might think are good members of the cab. And so now is the time that we can hand out those applications, share them with uh, people we know who would we think would be good CAB members. Um, I think that we're also going to be doing a, a push here at Alameda Health System by posting some things on our intranet and internet that we'll be forwarding to you shortly as well so that if you're on LinkedIn or in other places, but we are launching a pretty significant recruitment effort right now um, and we need your help to do that. So we've provided you with both the link and a copy of the application um, if you want to link your uh, potential candidates directly to myself or Brenda, that would be great. Um, and we can talk to them and answer any questions they have. Uh, the only reason we wouldn't bring a candidate back to you would be if for, for some reason that candidate would put us out of compliance. So there are, you know, this, these issues around being 51% um, consumers, so patients or future patients, and sometimes uh, care providers to patients. So like a parent of a a pediatric patient, for example, is also counted in that group. Uh, so, so long as we have the right number of those, then people who are not current patients would also be uh, eligible, and we'd bring them forward to you. So, uh, and and if it if it's ever becomes overly balanced with patients, then we we pull in those other applicants also, because um, we're not really trying to turn anyone away. Yeah, that's great. Um, maybe you could send that. Can you send that link again with the application? Sure thing. Um, I will do that as soon as I get back. Yeah, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> Next week, Monday. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and if any of you it's are on LinkedIn, um, you can link to me because I'm going to start forwarding once we get that um, the media piece ready. I would love to forward it to you via LinkedIn so that you can promote it that way as well. Okay. Good. Lucia, I think you were going to say something. 
still in danger of actually losing that funding um, um, if it's not approved? Well, so so with this this idea of who is we, um, the county of Alameda certainly would be in danger of not getting these funds they initially applied for. That's why they need to come up with a new way to spend them. And so that is a possibility. Our HRSA program officer encouraged us, and by us now I'm meeting the Homeless Health Center through David Motorsbach at Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless Program to submit this um, proposal. So I, we really don't have a reason to believe we won't be getting it. Um, okay. Alameda Health System was not the original recipient or was not going to be the original recipient for these dollars. They were originally going to go to Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless Program. Um, but the plan that they had, they're just not able to execute in the time frame that they've been given, and they have some new ideas about the initial plan anyways. I don't, I can't speak to that in very much detail because it wasn't my plan and I didn't really have anything to do with it. I just know that they're releasing those funds out of their part of the homeless health center and they asked us if we would be able to um, use them um, and get it done within the time frame and also within the rules of HRSA. Um, ours is a lot easier because it's equipment based and I think their initial plan was more um, construction based and so getting them to plans approved it was a lot more hoops to go through and they weren't they just didn't feel like they were in a position to get it all done in time whereas our planning is already done and approved and it's just purchasing equipment so that's one of the reasons why it's easier yeah does that free up existing funding that we had allocated towards that well, essentially, essentially, yes, it would free up funding from Alameda Health System because they were planning to spend that money. And that's where we're hoping that through conversations within Alameda Health System, we would be able to leverage that, that goodwill and cash for mm -hmm. other things when we ask for it to say, hey, this is what we need. Yes, it wasn't in the budget, but we, we got an additional $246,000 into Alameda Health System to get something done you'd already approved. Therefore, can you please? approve this for us mm -hmm. so it is it is an uh, I, I can't say that it is or isn't going to happen because we don't have something that we're specifically asking for right now um, and it's one of the challenges sometimes when money comes with a time timeline mm -hmm. um, it, because it's, to do something well and to spend money well you need to have a plan for it and when it comes on a short timeline Sometimes it is easiest to use existing plans. Mm -hmm. What's the time frame again? I think it needs to be spent down by the end of uh, 2024. Like it's 23-24, and I know that might seem a little far off, but it, that will come quickly for this this size of a project. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Heather, what, what is the development of the Bridge Clinic with the, um, the Homeless Health Center? Aren't we, um, don't we have a, a link? Um, certainly that we are, we are linked with the Bridge Clinic in many ways, specifically 
through Damon's supervision of their medical director, for example, and working very, very closely with them. I think this is something that's still building through our strategic plan. So we have a strategic plan that um, indicates making stronger connections with them yet, and Damon yes. will be reporting out the progress within this of the strategic plan, I think, next month. So uh, he'll be able to speak in more detail to that. Good. Thank you. Okay, any other comments or questions? Not Brenda, can we go back to the slide? There we go. Thank you. Um, and now we have um, Heather again for our program report. All yours, Heather. Thank you so much. You're going to notice this month <laughs> that uh, we have a new program report. And uh, one of the things we wanted to do was really focus on what's happening in the homeless health center and not strictly on mobile health. Our initial program report was more designed based on the grant dollars and because that was also what was being asked of us to report on to Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless Program. And this was um, before we even had a cab. So we had, we had just been using that same tool, but we realized that um, it would be more strategic to communicate both to you and to Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless Program about the entire health center, homeless health center at Alameda Health System. So you'll see that we have these different report types, utilization, patient satisfaction, quality and efficiency and effectiveness. And we have different frequencies with which you will see um, the information. So you'll see utilization we plan on presenting to you monthly, in which case you'll see the trends in visits and unduplicated patients in the homeless health center, usually on um, a 12-month basis. So we're always going to be showing you 12 months, what's happened in these 12 months in the next 12 months. We'll be showing patient satisfaction um, information that's quarterly. We'll be doing some quality metrics quarterly, and we'll be doing some uh, efficiency and effectiveness reports quarterly. So while some of the information in our program report will be consistent and you'll see every month, some of it is going to be timed um, at a different rate, um, primarily quarterly. And I'm so sorry if uh, there's a lot of background noise where I am. Just let me know. I am in a public space <laughs> making do where I can to get Wi-Fi to be here tonight live from Maui. Can we go to the next slide? Okay. Um, so we're also going to be including some health um, health center compliance. I, that will say health center compliance next time. I'm noticing that now in program requirements. Um, we have an upcoming monitoring visit with the county on April 18th, and it's going to be focusing on management, administration, and governance. Um, Loretta's going to be there. It's going to they're going to ask some questions. This is um, where we go through the health center program requirements and make sure that we're meeting all of the compliance uh, needs around management, administration, and governance. And a special shout out right now to Teresa. I think she's on the phone today. Um, she really helped us organize all the documents we needed to submit in advance for that monitoring visit that's taking place on Monday. So uh, it was very, very helpful. Here is where we're going to see now some of these scheduled reports. Um, here we have our, our patient experience reports, and there are three different graphs that we've included for patient experience. And the first one is showing how patients 
patients are asked a number of different questions in a survey uh, on the phone. And one of them is whether or not they're going to recommend, whether they would recommend the practice. And the reason we use this question is because it speaks not only to the physician care, but also to the front office staff and other people they interact with. So this idea of the whole practice that they come in for service to. Um, a talk box score means that they've said, you know, highly likely or very likely. So um, that's what we refer to as a top box, that somebody is responding positively and in the top two answers of the question. And so you can see, I mean, I'm sorry, I know it's really, really small. In general, you'll see that there is an upward trend in mm-hmm. from all of our health centers um, of that top box response. But you'll see that it is underneath our goal. Our goal is the dotted line across the top. So we are still working towards meeting the goal of top box responses for all of our health centers, uh, all of our wellness centers at Alameda Health System. Some of the things we do um, include providing telephone and video visits. We think that this is one of the reasons that those responses are also going up because we're making care more convenient to, um, to get to using those resources. If you scroll down to the next one, um, you'll see then, uh, this is re- whether they'll recommend the practice overall, and it's not showing um, the rolling 12. This is kind of what it's at currently, and a little bit closer look at what each of the health centers are in their most recent survey. So you'll see it as, as a, at a system that we're at about a 75.7 top box score, and, and we're reaching for a little above 80. I think the, it's an 80, 83 is what we're going for. Um, you'll see that Eastmont is getting close to that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the graph underneath that divides up all of our patient satisfaction information by race and ethnicity. Um, we're showing this because we really want you to know that we look at data on race and ethnicity to help with our health equity, diversity, and inclusion metrics within Alameda Health System. and we. We do want to see that we're treating everybody fairly and that people are getting the same kind of care across the board um, at Alameda Health System. Um, And when I say the same across the board, that they're satisfied in the same way. And each, so each patient is going to need something else and sometimes need more from us depending on their circumstances and where they've come from. Um, But we do hope that they are, they are satisfied. And this is one of the things that we look at to determine whether there's some inequities going on within our service towards a particular group. Um, can you scroll down a little more for me there? Um, thank you so much. The next, the next reports are around our patient utilization. And so, again, we're going to be showing this to you on a 12-month cycle. So you'll also be able to compare one 12 months to the next. In the past 12 months, we've served 3,563 unduplicated patients. I do like to give a little caveat to this because any day we run the report, that number can change. And it's because our patients in the homeless health center are based on a registry. And depending on when the patient saw us and when they entered the registry, they may either be included or not in this count. Um, and And it's based on a 365 day membership, I'll say, to the, to the registry. So 
so you'll see that number changing. Usually it's changing just in a small way because it's just a few people going in and out just based on that timing that they entered the registry and maybe they didn't get back on the registry in their most recent visit because they may have found housing and therefore they would have dropped off. Um, you can see also where they're visiting us. And so you'll see that um, whether they're at primary care, specialty care, and you'll see Highland is broken up here as well. We have their different wellness sites like Eastmont, Hayward, and Newark. You'll also see mobile on there. We've included the Bridge Clinic as well. Um, that's our Highland Substance, um, Substance Disorder Clinic. And if you scroll to the next one, what we've done here is we've broken it up by service type. How many patients are seeing primary care regardless of which site they went to? So all primary care services, all specialty care services, comparing that to urgent care, um, substance and dental and I can't read it because I'm on some small screen but you get the idea there. I did also include our financial screening on there. And this is because um, in addition to clinical visits, we're supporting a lot of patients, um, including those experiencing homelessness, to get the coverage that they need for their care. And so during the financial screening process, they may be screened and eligible and signed up and enrolled for either Medi-Cal or Health Pack or for our sliding fee discount program. Mm -hmm. When we get down to our leadership and advocacy, I will say nothing has changed since the last time we talked to you. This is, these are the same things that, uh, that Damon and I are balancing um, uh, on your behalf at Alameda Health System for both the Homeless Health Center and then based on what the, the system needs from us in order to uh, keep things going. So we haven't added anything to our list, but we also haven't taken anything away. So. I have a question, Heather. Yeah. Um, why is the um, behavioral health so low in comparison um, so, to the other departments? Yeah, so this isn't necessarily about department. Remember, it's the type of service. Okay. Um, so, so in some cases, depending on what was done, our behavioral health may have been in the substance of yes. clinic, but it's being counted there instead of behavioral health. Like the patient's oh, only okay. going to be able to count in one of those spaces for each of their oh, visits. And so sometimes it'll pull them into somebody else. But it is representative of behavioral health here. In this case, um, the shortage of behavioral health care specialists within our, mm -hmm. within our wellness sites. Um, because this behavioral health is much more the clinical social workers at the wellness sites versus the substance abuse. So you can see where substance abuse clinic Substance Use Disorder Clinic is well-resourced at this point and has a lot of patients visiting. And yeah. our, our wellness centers are less resourced with mental health providers. And, and this is representative of those visits. Is there a way to break that out? No, there's not. So we 
did was we looked at patient experience based on race and ethnicity to better reflect um, patients experiencing homelessness. And we also looked at a breakdown of age. That was another one we were able to look at. And ultimately what we found was that breaking up based on ethnicity and age was not creating a significant impact in the overall scores, either negatively or positively. If you scroll up to the patient experience scores, I mean, they're nothing to brag about, which is part of it. And so we determined at that time in agreement with the CAB that it, it didn't necessarily change the data um, enough to try to fight for the experience surveys just based on patients experiencing homelessness. We do have a survey that we use for patients experiencing homelessness um, in the mobile clinic, and so we use their patient survey tool and have to report that out to uh, the county regularly each month. And so in that case, we are getting feedback from patients who are seen on mobile clinics specifically. Um, overall, those seem to be, those are very positive. Uh, folks are very happy with their experiences at mobile clinic and tend to answer in the top box, I would say 99% of the time. Um, I think it's really a matter of what's the value of the data that you're getting and is it gonna change is it, is it going to create an opportunity to change? And I think that there's enough work that's being done at Alameda Health System because of the patient experience metrics that we have right now that, that we are constantly working to make it better and that both all patients, including those experiencing homelessness, would benefit from those changes. Um, Heather, also the, in the refugee clinic, do you know if um, the Bay Area is getting any of the uh, Ukrainian uh, people? I have not heard of that brought to my attention yet. Um, okay. Brenda has been working in the refugee clinic. She may, I don't know if you have any more experience, Brenda, or what you're seeing. Um, most of them are Afghanistan uh -huh. that we are um, helping right now. Yeah. Well, you know, the president said that we could, uh, we are going to allow X number from um, Ukraine. So I was wondering if they, how do they decide where they're going to go? Are they, you know, we'll give 10,000 to the Bay Area and I don't know, 10,000 Southern California. I don't know how that works, but. Um, yeah, well, it's the, it's the refugee, so at our refugee clinic, we're, I, I want to say, taking orders from other people. Um, it's, it's not our decision uh, when we're not included in that. Uh, we're just doing what essentially we're asked to do mm -hmm. by the county or the state. Um, so usually it's, I think they're like uh, refugee resource centers. Okay. Who help? Who help with that? Because each of yeah. all of the folks, even that come to us, have first gone to the refugee Re resource center and are working mm -hmm. with them before they even are assigned to come to Alameda Health System for their screenings. And so, do they um, do they transfer out of the refugee clinic at some point and go into, like, say, um, K six or whatever? 
they'll, okay. they'll get they'll get transitioned, and they won't even all stay with Alameda Health System because Alameda Health System can't take them all on either um, uh, because of our, our panel sizes. So they're they're often assigned to other like um, CHCN clinics as their mm-hmm. providers. They'll they'll be at La Clinica and Bax and Lifelong and. And, okay. and we will have just done their initial screening, and then they'll get their follow-up appointment with, the, with their identified primary care provider after that. Okay. And sometimes it's us, too. It yeah. goes both ways. Okay. Okay. Are there any um, public comments? I think we have... How about um, co-applicant board comments? Then we are going to adjourn now. And the time is, what is the time? I'm sorry. 56. 656. Yes. Yes. Great. It's, it's, it's almost seven. Okay, perfect. Yeah.